now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach is located at 6169 North Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. Despite the pandemic, they are still in business, and they've got great ownership, great food over there, so make sure you get to Coach's. I've got a very special guest on today's episode the former voice of Wrigley Field, Andrew Bellison. Thanks for coming on the show, Andrew. Anthony, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I just said voice of Wrigley Field. How does that feel as your introduction? What What's that position like? Man, that's, uh, that's a great question. Yeah, it's it was very special. Um, you know, we all know, whether you're a Cubs fan or not, you know, we all know how how cool Wrigley Field is um, and, and what it what it means to baseball in the city of Chicago. And, you know, I grew up a Cubs fan. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So I grew up going to Cubs games. And to have the opportunity to have served in that role for 10 years, um, I think at, at any major league ballpark, you know, obviously is a huge honor. But for me to do it there, given what, what the place and the team meant to me as a kid, was, was just so special. And for those of you who don't know, when I say voice of Wrigley Field, Andrew was the guy who introduced every player, batter, pitcher, anything that happened in the field. The voice that you heard was Andrew. So, Andrew, I got to ask, was there one player or one pitcher or anything like that that introducing them was above the rest? You know, there was a, I, there was a bunch of fun ones. I was always, um, you know, before I got hired and just as a fan, I was a big Aramis Ramirez fan, so he was still – with the team um, right when I got hired. So that was cool. Soriano was always fun to say. Um, there, was a, there was a good handful of ones that rolled off the tongue pretty well. Was there, like, how do you decide the, the inflection to put on different parts of names? Like, for example, the one that keeps coming into my mind is Anthony Rizzo, like that. That's a great question, and I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I think I would just say it and see how it came out, um, and if I liked it, stick with it. You know, I was never never a, a, an overly cheerleader type. It just wasn't my style. There's some PA announcers who are very over the top, and that's fine. I mean, that just it wasn't wasn't how I handled things, and I, I feel like that, that doesn't fit at Wrigley. So I think my style, you know, adapted to to the culture there well um so i i i never tried to be too over the top but like the rizzo thing i don't know how that started and that that's another one to answer your previous question just a lot of fun right it just rolls off the tongue so well um i guess that's just kind of how it started to come out it just naturally kind of flows with that long r and and it just kind of stuck i gotcha so obviously that position is one you held for 10 years i would say did a magnificent job there. But my question is, what led you to that spot? Well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Um, I had done a a lot of broadcast work before I got hired uh, by the Cubs, uh, both at the college level and in the the minor leagues. Um, And and play-by-play was really always my true passion. I just, I still love it to this day. Um, But I had done some, some, some PA work in the minor leagues as well. 
So when the Cubs were hiring, they did open it up to a public hiring process, which is, you know, I don't want to say rare, but but sometimes rare for a position like that. You know, a lot of times a, a club will, will invite people to audition or, or send in a resume that they kind of want to hear from. Um, but this was this was entirely public. They partnered with Career Builder at the time, who was a major sponsor of of the club. Um, and, you know, I didn't really even want to apply. I just figured there'd be so many people um, that did apply that it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be worth the time. But uh, my, my older sister kind of pushed me into it, uh, and I'm glad she did. But, but that, that background at the minor leagues and college is kind of what led me, led me down that path. Okay, I, I would say I'm with you there with play-by-play uh, play being the passion. That's what I'm currently in school for. That's what I'm kind of aiming for. Um, so we, we talked about what led you there. What What's next for you? Yeah, I mean, well, good for you, first of all. I think that's great. I, I love uh, you share the passion. It just It's always been in me, which I'm sure you feel the same way from the time I was a little kid, you know, being calling games in the living room, watching TV. I just loved it. I decided to step away to, to pursue broadcasting. I never really did. Again, I had done it in the minor leagues in college and then got hired when I was, I was young. I was 24 years old when I got hired by the Cubs. So that was kind of like a 10-year a pause, which was great. I mean, the timing was awesome. The, the organization had, you know, argu- arguably the best, you know, stretch of four or five years that they've ever had. And, and it, was, it was just great fun. Um, but I figured, you know, I, I really would love to make it back to the major leagues or major college doing baseball or football or basketball in a play-by-play role. And now is the time to do it. Uh, I'm not getting any younger. Um, and I, I wanted to give that a run because if I didn't, I think I, I surely would have regretted it. So it was just, it was just the right time to, to do that. Okay. So how's all that going for you so far? Are you getting some, some games here and there? Yeah, it's been great, and it's been so awesome to be back in the booth in that role. Um, been able to do some some local college stuff. Um, did a game for UIC here as their season wound down. I'm going to do some work with a couple minor league teams uh, here in the area, the Chicago Dogs and, and uh, Windy City Thunderbolts here coming up this spring and summer. Just really awesome to get back to baseball in that role. Um, obviously, they're completely different. The PA role was awesome, but I, I just love the challenge of the play-by-play, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you know, Anthony, the prep work that goes into it and, and the, 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 you know, the analyzing of the game as it goes on. And there's just a, a whole different dynamic to, to the play-by-play that, that you know, is, is much more stimulating to me and something that I just, just love a lot more than PA. Yeah, I know what you mean. I always said um, I, like, part of my passion is coming from wanting to be the voice behind people's memories. Like if I look back and think about the 2016 World Series, I could tell you word for word what Joe Buck said, you know? Absolutely. And it's crazy how as sports, and I love that. That's a great point. Especially, you know, people who are into sports, you know, like like you and I are, you you remember those voices and you remember who got you hooked, you know, in, in into broadcasting, who you first heard. And, and then they become... They become, yeah, they become the voice and the soundtrack of the, the sports and the teams you love. And to be to be a part of that for someone else, that would be really special. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about the Chicago Cubs. They've kind of spoiled their fans, whether it be with, you know, PA announcers or uh, TV or radio, whatever the case may be. It's a really historic organization when it comes to broadcasting. So what did it mean for you to kind of be a part of that in a chapter? 
It really is. Uh, More than words could say, I think. You know, going back to when I was a kid, um, my my hook in to to the sports broadcast world was hearing Harry Carey for the first time. You know, back on WGN, probably early 90s, you know, for Cubs teams that really weren't any good. Um, But even later in his career as he was, he just made those broadcasts on TV so fun. And for an eight or nine year old kid, I don't know what it was, but, you know, just listen to him call the game. It was like, wow, there's something that just drew you to it. Um, Yeah. And you're right on, on through the ranks. I mean, we've been spoiled here. I think in Chicago as a whole with our major sports broadcasters, but you look at, look at the Cubs, especially with Pat Hughes on the radio side, been there so long. Obviously him and Ron Santa were great. Him and Ron Coomer are wonderful. You know, Len and Bob Renly were phenomenal and, and Len and Jay did a great job. And, and I'm a huge, huge uh, Boog Shambi fan as well. So yeah, we, we have been, we've been very spoiled. You're right. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. The other side of town has some great ones with, with Jason Benetti and now, uh, Len Casper, the Blackhawks with Pat Foley, Jeff Joniak with the Bears. There, There is a lot. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's not just the Cubs. While, while they may be at the top of the list, the whole city's been spoiled. Yeah, no doubt. And now, you know, with all the Internet subscriptions and SiriusXM, you can turn on, I mean, you know, you could turn on any any major sport um, anywhere in the country and listen to, to their home broadcasts. And you hear a lot of voices and some, you know, maybe leave you scratching your head a little bit thinking, man, they're, they're really in, you know, in the NBA or in the major leagues. And then, you know, you go back to our home voices here and they really, they really are top notch when you, when you compare them to, to their peers. So we're, we're very lucky. Yeah, absolutely. If you just, for this next question, if you just stick to Chicago, you've got a lot of options, but I want to ask who is your broadcasting inspiration? You know, yeah, Harry Carey is a kid in Chicago for sure, got me hooked. Um, two of my favorites that work in baseball as well is, is Bob Uecker still in Milwaukee, um, the way he calls a game solo. Uh, just He's just still so darn good. Um, and I, I love John Miller in San Francisco. Um, you know, going back to when I was growing up, John was obviously the voice of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN for many, many years, but... But his work with with I love him on the radio with the Giants. I know he does television work as well, but he is just so smooth and so descriptive, very Pat Hughes like, but just so easy to listen to. Um, those are definitely two of my faves, and I feel like every time you listen to him, you enjoy it, but you can really learn something about the right way to broadcast a ball game. Yeah, I always tell my dad the same thing. Whenever I listen to Pat Hughes, I always feel like I learned something, and and you got the opportunity if those teams came into Wrigley to be just a couple of doors down from them, did you ever get to meet some of these inspirations of yours? I did. I did. Anthony. That's a really good question. I, you know, one of my, one, another one of my favorites is Dwayne Stats, who's been in Tampa since their inception. We obviously was Dwayne was with the Cubs for a couple of years in the mid eighties as, as well. Love the way he calls a game. Um, it was, it was a privilege to meet him, John Miller, the same, and one of my favorites really is when, you know, you'd have the visiting road or the, the visiting radio booth or the visiting TV booth, leave the door open to the box. You might be on, on your way to grab a, you know, something to drink in the cafeteria or back from the restroom and, and, and have the door open and have them be on the air and kind of just stand behind in the doorway for a second, listen to these, you know, hall of famers or, or someday hall of famers call a game, you know, live and in person behind them. And that was, that was really cool. Yeah, it, it certainly seems like it. So after about a decade at Wrigley Field, what will you miss most about calling Wrigley Field your office? 
you know, Wrigley Field, I guess. I mean, like we said, it's just a, it's an insane place to be. People who don't even like baseball when they come to Chicago, they want to make it a point to see Wrigley Field, and I understand why. Um, so, so being able to go there and 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 have that be your workplace, um, never took it for granted, and and never would. Um, and that was that was just really really neat. It, it certainly sounds like it. And, and I've got another question that just popped into my head. So it's not exactly in in order here. But did any player ever come up to you or, or message you or anything like that and say, I like the way you say my name or I don't like the way you say my name? And that's a great question. Um, and one I've never been asked before, to be to be perfectly honest. And no, nobody ever did. A lot, you know, lately a lot of the players um, were very particular about the walk-up music they'd have. Ever since, ever since Wrigley started to do the walk-up music a handful of years ago, um, so they would they would call up to not our booth, but next door, who handled you know the music and, and request certain songs here and there. But in terms of how the names were said or or what was said, no. Maybe occasionally, you know, they'd want uh, to make sure that the junior was announced with their name or the third or the second if they were, you know, named um, as such. But no, never, never how, never how I did it, uh, to be honest with you. Got it. Okay. So we, we talked a little bit about how, you know, through your 10 years, the Cubs probably had their best stretch, uh, maybe in their entire franchise's history, obviously World Series champions. And, and a lot of that was done at Wrigley Field, and, and you were there for it. So what what are some of the highlights from your time as the Cubs PA announcer? You know, there's a lot of, of individual moments that stick out. Um, but I would say, for me, a, a couple playoff games really highlight the bunch. Um, you know, World Series was was what it was. Obviously, it was everything you'd imagine but you know our, our world series games at Wrigley given the way they were down in the series it wasn't you know didn't always have the best outlook until they went back to Cleveland to finish it off the two that stick out most uh in my mind and, and were really the most fun to me I guess you could say is in 15 um when they knocked off the Cardinals um and Rondon notched that save at home I mean it was just that was really like the turning point, right? Like you, you, you won a playoff series that you beat the Cardinals on top of it. It was just like, wow, they're here now. This is legit. Um, and then in 16 in, you know, when they, man, when they took care of the Dodgers in the NL CS to go to the world series, beat Kershaw, um, you know, to clinch their, their ticket. That was just crazy. Um, and I think those two, those two really stand out for me. There's a there's a million you could pick, I know, but those two really, in my mind, come come to the forefront for sure. So I I don't know. I was never at a playoff game or anything like that, so I don't know exactly um, your role as a PA man after a game if something gets clinched like that. Do you say congratulations to the Chicago Cubs for winning the pennant or anything like that? No. No, we never did anything that, you know, ever since they put the video boards in, um, which were a great, you know, great help to me because it's a huge resource, but I think, you know, a a great asset to the fans too, just because of the content that's up there. So it's just always such good stuff. Um, You know, they would handle anything that they wanted up there, you know, post game on there. So, you know, sometimes we'd have pre-recorded messages and whatnot, but, but those were able to to inform people or, or spread the message or spread the word, however they needed to with that. So my, my, 
duties on any game day uh, post-game were, were very slim. Got it. So for you, pretty much last out of the game, that's it? Yeah, last out of the game, and I'm, I'm ready to, to, to dart out and try to beat traffic. So I was, I was out of there pretty quick. All right, I got it. I, I guess I never really thought about that post-game, but then again, there really isn't that much for you to say. I mean, everybody there knows who won and what the score was, so you don't really need to be Cubs beat the Dodgers 6-5 to five or whatever the case may be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we used to do that way back in the day before the video boards. We'd do the box score or give a little, do the line score, give a recap, and there were sponsor reads that would be done. Uh, post game then for some you know some local restaurants and bars and whatnot but you know I think what they found out is that people were exiting the ballpark they probably weren't listening anyways and leaving the park to music rather than me speaking was just a better fit so that's that's kind of the route we went I think it I think it fit really well yeah I I never thought about that but I think you're right and so you said grew up watching the Cubs as a fan of the Cubs then spent 10 years at every home game are you following them this year now that you're you're not there every day you know, we do follow here at home. Um, not as much as I used to, I'll be honest. Uh, but I'm still a fan. Still, I mean, I'm a baseball fan, first and foremost. So um, that'll never change. We're a baseball house. My wife grew up playing softball, and, and you know, I played. And then, so yeah, we do follow and, and flip them on when we're free, or, or turn the radio on, um, and you know, still root for them and, and hope for the best. But definitely. I'm not quite as in tune as I was for 10 years, that's for sure. Got it. So what do you think of the Cubbies this year? That's a good question, man. I I don't know. Um, you know, you get you get a little excited after a 5-1 homestand, right? Especially, you know, you sweep the Dodgers, take that doubleheader last week. Uh, and then, you know, it's it's such a grind of a season. I, I had thought if I was a betting man that, Coming into this year, you know, I'd lay my money on the Cardinals to win the division, um, especially after the Arenado deal. But the Brewers are off to a good start. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think I thought Pittsburgh was going to be a lot worse than they have been. Not that they've been great, but they have not been atrocious so far. You know, through six weeks or whatnot. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the next what maybe six weeks or so plays out. Because I guess then at that point you'll really see what kind of position they're in, and what you know how that'll dictate their plan heading towards middle of summer and the trade deadline. And it'll be interesting to see because I guess at this point it could go either way when when you get there. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that that kind of brings me to my next question: um, Baez, Bryant, Rizzo. Any predictions on who stays, who goes by next season? You know, it's a great question. I I would. You know, you don't want to see any of them go, but at the same time, you know they're not all going to be back. Right. And and with that said, I mean, you know, you, you, you assembled this core and you won a World Series, so mission accomplished. Um, as fans, did we want more? Yeah, of course. Uh, did some people expect more? Yeah, but I think that just proves how difficult it is to be consistently good for an extended amount of time the way the game is structured now, right? So... You know, they've had their problems offensively the last two or three years, hitting with runners in scoring position and the strikeouts, and that's kind of what the game's become anyways across the board. So, you know, change isn't always bad. So if, if somebody does go, you know, maybe it's maybe it's for the best. Um, I, I would love to see Rizzo back. I'm just a big Rizzo fan. I, I always liked him. Um, 
But is that the route they're going to go? I don't know. I think, you know, he's a lot older than people realize. He's, what, 31 years old now? And not that that's old, but in baseball world, that, that's getting to the point of of aging, right? So um, it's a lot of hard decisions, man. And Jed Hoyer, you know, I've always been a big fan of his, too. He he inherited a nice, a nice group, but he's definitely got his work cut out for him. So it'll be very interesting as a fan to see how how this roster shapes you know and what it looks like going into next spring heck what it looks like in august and then going into next spring and and moving forward definitely a lot of questions to be answered yeah absolutely hoyer will certainly have his hands full i've got two final questions for you andrew the first one is i'm pretty sure the cubs have not um officially hired a replacement um as the pa announcer so what advice would you give to whoever it ends up being you know, I think that Wrigley Field, um, the historic nature of the ballpark and the way, the nostalgia and the way it, the feel that it has, it kind of lends itself to a voice that really doesn't dominate the action, but is just there. Um, nobody's going, obviously, to any sporting event to hear the PA announcer. That's not why they're there. But I feel like if the public address announcer has talked about it, 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 they should only be spoken of if if they've done something wrong because you should hear them, but you should not really know they're there. They just facilitate the game. So I I hope um, as a fan and and a baseball purist, I guess, that they would hire someone who has that approach, simple, not a cheerleader type, not over the top, um, is just a, a pleasant voice that facilitates the game as it moves along and, and doesn't try to doesn't try to do too much, I guess. Yeah, and then my final question for you is for someone like myself who is trying to get into this broadcasting world after college, what advice or tips do you have for someone like me? You know, I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times, but it's true. Uh, two things, and I, and I think they're so important. I, I think it's an overplayed narrative to a degree, but I, I don't think you can underestimate how important it is. Make, make connections and meet people. Um, that's huge. You just never know when you're going to run into somebody that you've met down the line, how they may be able to help you out, how you might be able to help them out, what you could learn from them. So definitely, uh, you know, meet and stay in contact with as many people in the industry as possible. And secondly, you know, do as much work as you can. I mean, you know, especially with with the way things have been, you know, in live sporting events, you know, we're we're obviously on hold. You know, go go call a game in the stands of a of a local college or high school and just tape it yourself, critique yourself, do anything you can. It, it might you know mean a bunch of free work, which is where I've come back to the point now so far. You know, doing this baseball stuff that I'm going to be doing this spring and and summer. It's it's freebie stuff, but. It's great for, for your, you know, experience, um, for your demo, anything that's out there that you can jump on. If it's an opportunity, take it because it will definitely pay off at the end of the day. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the advice. And also thanks so much for coming on the show, Andrew. Anthony, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Corner. As always, episodes brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill and available on Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud, and the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.